uh, welcome to the next episode of I Talk to My Cat about whatever's on my mind. Uh, this episode, there is no cat. We are sitting in my car in the Target parking lot. Hey, cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm here with my friend Skylar. Hi. We're going to talk about schools. Schools? Yeah. We're talking about schools because we both are in the middle of final exams. and it's Nobody a, likes school. Well, yeah, nobody likes school. Do to get close to the microphone? Because it isn't that. It, it's not, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, tell me about the argument that you have cultivated for these many oh years. Oh my god, well, that was an exaggeration. Uh-huh. Okay, but um, here's why school sucks. Um, you get to a certain point. Like, okay, elementary school, middle school, they're just kind of teaching you how to be human, right? Okay, they're teaching you the basic, like, here's how America happens. Here's, <laughs> here's some of the stuff that happened in the world. Um you know, science, you need to have a general understanding of, like, seasons and earthquakes and things, you know, sciencey stuff, um, and, you know, you gotta be able to do that, so basically, my point being, elementary through middle school, generally speaking, has some value, because it's teaching you how to, the simple things, how to exist in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. Agreed. And so, when you're, like, some, after, after that point, you take someone like Delaney, or I, and, you know, we, we learned quick, right? Mm -hmm. We figured out yeah. things a little fast. Stuff happens. Yeah, right. So, you get some nice easy classes. Right. Not easy classes. The exact opposite of easy. But, um, <laughs> and then, so you get to high school, and you're like, it, it, it can be at any point in high school, but you get to high school, and you're like, dang, I, I, I know a lot of the things I'm already supposed to know. Everything else I know I can figure out. Why do I have to be here? <laughs> I learned, like, I was talking, can I, like, name drop people in this? Uh, I mean, go ahead, but, uh, just, you know, make sure that if you name drop them, that, that if they found this, they wouldn't be, like, I mean, you wouldn't be willing to deal with the consequences. There what, you go. I would say it to your face, Mr. Wait, why, don't you, why don't you tell, tell them exactly why, what you want to do instead of school, so okay. they understand okay. your motivation. Okay. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, so, I'm a musician. I've been playing my viola since I was in the fifth grade. Um, I've gotten to the point where... Being in school eight hours a day is eight hours a day that I can't be practicing and preparing myself for what comes after high school. So basically, I'm losing practice time, and losing practice time means I'm behind. I'm behind people who had started when they were three. I'm behind people who are homeschooled. I'm behind because I'm in school eight hours a day. Um, and so... School sucks. School uh, you sucks. get to a point where... Yeah. So you get to you get to a point. I don't really need to be here anymore, and because you know, I I know the things I know I should know. Everything else I can figure out, and I have a plan. That's a, that's the important part. I have a plan for what I would be doing instead of school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was talking to uh, my lovely physics teacher. Oh. His name is Mr. Opara. He, okay? He's cool. He's just you're you know, a cool dude. It's just physics is not. You're a cool dude. I hate physics. Your subject doesn't matter to me. Sorry. Um, and I was, he, and that, that's kind of why I started thinking about this, because I was going on my usual tirade about how, you know, why do I have to be here? What do I need physics for? Yada, yada, yada. And he told me, um, well, you're just in school to, to show that you are capable of learning. And that's true. Very okay. True. That's I true. I would agree. That's very true. Um, and for a lot of people, they need that, like, extra four years of 
show me that you're capable of learning, show me that you're capable of producing something, right? But I grew out of that, like, after, 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 like, seventh grade, I grew out of that whole, show me that you learn, because, like, I proved that. I proved that to me, I proved that to anybody else that I care mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Any Anybody that needed to know that I know how to learn knows it at this point. So I kind of just want to move on Agreed. now because Valid. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, Mr. Opari, you're right. School is, I'm not necessarily learning physics because I need to know physics. I'm learning physics because you want to see that I can learn. But if I've already shown you that for the first past 11 years or so, why do I need to continue to do it when all it is now is wasting my time? Yeah. You know? And I, can, and I understand the point of school in some sense. I have also reached this point. I should mention, uh, I want to be writing 24-7, but uh, unfortunately, uh, school has also gotten in the way of that. Um, so anyway, uh, but I'm also, but my, my issue is that I'm conflicted, right? Because on the one hand, I definitely agree that it's unnecessary to be here at this point, right? Like, let, let, me, let me do something else or give me time to do what I want to do. Instead of giving me seven classes, maybe give me three, and then let me do the rest, do what I want for the rest of the time. But I also am fully aware that it need, that we need some kind of structure in kids' lives until they're old enough to go out yeah. and be adults. And it's not like they're going to think yeah, about it, how to do that, right? Yeah, and which is what sucks because, like, not everybody is like you and me. Like, some people genuinely, and there's nothing wrong with that no. like that is how honestly, it is honestly i think they're better people for it <laughs> honestly um it's like some people okay need the four years of high school to figure out their life and whatever but look it's it's you can't accommodate everybody um and right now i'm not being accommodated <laughs> so so obviously the system is now corrupt <laughs> yeah uh so yeah. so it just sucks yeah like, it sucks and my issue more is that i, I wouldn't mind school except for that it actually affects my life. Like, if I had to come here for, like, seven hours a day, they gave me some work, I learned some things, but I didn't get any grades, and it didn't really matter, it was just some kind of vague structure for me to, and then I had the rest of the day off, yeah. like, work would be if I was an adult, because I've been told by my parents for years, school is work, you do it like it's your job. Well, your job doesn't usually give you work when you leave. Like, I understand that if you are really high up, then, like, maybe work is all the time, but it's still not... It's not the way that it is for, for school oh, kids, right? Yeah, work is a choice. Yeah. I'm not choosing this. <laughs> and like, we don't get paid, and we don't... Right. And I'm like, you get paid in grades. No, no, I don't. Grades do not give me any pleasure. They just give me pain and stress, and especially this year, because I've... Uh, whoopsies! Hello. Um, and so this, this semester, because I started, like, writing and doing things that I actually cared about, I... My grades are not where they were before, and so now my whole identity gets all messed up. And, like, it's probably good. I need to be challenged like that. But at the same time, the fact that the grades don't matter to me until they're bad shows that they are, in fact, not actually payment for things. They are anti-payment. They are... They'll take something away if you, uh, if you do bad. Yeah. And, like, the whole, like... For, for you especially, because, like, for me, my grades don't always matter because... My grades I matter to, so much to, to me, play. it hurts. <laughs> but, like, when when you say, like... I don't know. It's like, you have something you care about. 
Um, but you have something that you're obligated to do, not by choice. If you do the thing that you care about and the thing that will actually take you somewhere. And matters to you and right? makes you mentally happy. and If you do that, y you will suffer in terms of your forever. grade. Yep. Um, but if you do your obligation to school, if you... You lose a part grades, of yourself. Yeah. Because you are actively suppressing the thing that makes you a better person and that challenges you to... Like, I want to write a novel. You know how freaking hard it is to write a novel? To get all of the plot points set in your head, to make sure that the A plot, the B plot go together. Finding the right thing to make each part of the story work takes time. And you need hours and hours to mull over things to make sure that they start to work. Because if you just work in moments, like, it can happen. But I'm realizing, especially now that I did NaNoWriMo for the last month, that Writing is, is not like other arts. It isn't like a painter where you like suddenly strike inspiration yeah. and you put on the canvas. Writing is constant, grueling work. And if I can't do that constant, grueling work every single day, then I am missing opportunities to, to create the thing that I want to create. And I really want to have this thing created like and ready to start trying to get published by the time I'm 18. <laughs> and I, I am terrified that I'm not going to have that opportunity because... I have so many other responsibilities, and I really do not like that at all. Yes. And and the thing is, like, both of us like to learn and know things. Love I, I There is no problem with me. Like, I I want information. Like, sure. It's because fun. it makes you a better person. It makes yeah. you... You know, everybody even, even if it's meaningless information. Like, right. I know too much about snakes because when I was a child, I was interested in snakes. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be a herpetologist. Right. I thought I was going to be. Not going <laughs> to be. Not even close. But, but, and it's not even like we have something like, uh, I don't want to learn. I don't want to. It's not that. It's, I want to exist as a real human being like mm -hmm. I know some adults I want to be independent yeah. and have the option. Like, I love living in my parents' house. I love my parents. I really do. But at the same time, if I could have a full-time job of my own choosing, not like school, where, where I earn money, and then I get to write whenever I, whenever I have not that job, and I have my own apartment and my own space and my own life, I would be so much happier. Because no matter what happens, it's my decision and my choice. And if I fail or succeed, it's mine. And I'm not dependent on temperamental teachers to decide. Let me start Oh, my God. Oh, God. And, like, like if they're in a bad headspace because they have some kind of problem at home, we are punished for that right. by them giving us too many assignments. Right. Or and, and the other thing is, though, if I've got something going on in my matter. life, you do, they don't care. I suffer because, you know, I'm going through whatever, whatever. But, but they you don't... you get to, you know, I'm supposed to give you leeway because you have some kind of adult. Yeah. Like, that's or not like, how it works. Or, like, it's, it's just disrespectful to not have things rated right. and not like like how am i supposed to know how i'm doing senora opara if if i you gave us like 10 grades this whole semester yep. and and i i didn't know where i was or how how bad i really was doing in the class or how good i really was doing in the class until it's so late that i can't fix, fix it. it yep and and that's terrifying because I, I, I wrote a speech. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I read an email. <laughs> Did you ever read that? Uh, I don't know if I read the email. Uh, I, yeah. no, I didn't send it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I probably will go home and send it. Um, For who? To Mr. Apar about how he shouldn't 
do that again yeah yeah like because like i had no idea how much i didn't know until i took the exam and i was like wait what when did we learn all this was i not paying attention that much and like yeah i don't know it's like and and i wrote the speech though and i was talking and as i wrote it i realized how true a lot of it was is and I'm going to quote it here because I really like this sentence. <laughs> okay. I, I spent a lot of, like, this sentence just kind of worked for me for mm-hmm. some reason. So, um, basically the context is I've just finished talking about um, how testing and they try and assign numbers to us and uh, whatever. Something emo. And so, and then I'm like, these numbers mean more than life and death to me because it's been drilled into me that these numbers mean the difference between success and failure, between wealth and squalor, between uh, prosperity and destitution. And that is so true it is but at the same time at least for me they don't well yeah but it's because you don't. you you've already dragged that burden off me this <laughs> i am i am like two years behind you in the screw school uh screw club. school yeah you uh, know what i mean i'm president of school screw school club but like um and you know Reed's been good about it. Reed is not saying nobody cares after you get into a college or whatever. Nobody cares about your. Well, uh, yeah, but I still have to get into college. That's the part. Like, like I get that. Like, no one's gonna care about it once I get into college, but I still have to get into college right. first. And I really want to get into a good college. Right. I want to get to into one so bad that it hurts, mm-hmm. and I am terrified that at the expense of my of my grades, I am going to destroy that because I'm trying to improve myself as a person. Right. Like, I've been trying to really, really slowly, because I want to write a blog post about, about like, um, for example, the essay that I'm trying to read, um, The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus, and I've been trying to read it. I'm, like, eight pages in, but, like, it's super dense, and if I have any other schoolwork around, I can't work on it. Mm-hmm. And I really want to dissect it. I have, like, an entire list of blog post ideas that I want to write, mm-hmm. and I have books that I want to write, and I have things that I want to be doing. Like, I have a GHP podcast episode that I'm going to make tomorrow. <laughs> I promise to the one person on Reddit who asked. And I have so many things that I want to do, but I can't right. because I'm prevented from doing them by, because the school system has decided what tasks are and aren't valuable. Right. And as an existentialist who believes that nothing has inherent meaning and I decide what has meaning, it is very hard for me to assign any meaning to things that I don't care about. And the other thing is, like, no one can sit here and, like, listen to you talk about it and say that you don't want to learn. Or say no. that you don't have, like, I could, that you need that I structure. I mean, if you look at the first episode of this podcast, I talked for 12 minutes about plot structure. <laughs> 12 minutes about plot structure. And I could do so much more days. now, even then, because I've spent so much more time thinking about it since then. And another, okay, so I have exams this week. I have not practiced since Friday. Saturday doesn't count because that was a half practice. Okay, I have not, and, okay, and I have not had the chance to, like, and it's not one of those, oh, I didn't get to practice. No, I genuinely have not had the chance to practice because I, it's gotten to the point of the semester I can't put off yeah. it anymore. I can't put off learning the content. I have to study for all these bs exams Mm -hmm. that i have and um when you look at it in the context of i have two auditions in the beginning of january two i think might be three i think it's two um two auditions in the beginning of january and so every every day i don't practice for that audition i'm gonna end up doing worse so the the days i'm having to sit here and you know um worry about some physics thing is 
another day that I'm not getting better at my craft trade thing, yes, exactly. uh, I might lose out on, I probably won't, but I could, <laughs> I could, if I weren't how I am, I could lose out on two potential auditions because of that. Not to mention that I should, you know, when you're a musician, preparation for college starts as soon as possible. Yes. So I'm already um, preparing for my college auditions. I'm already, like, preparing that music. So every day, every week, every hour, whatever, that I'm not preparing for that college audition is another, like, chip on my shoulder. Like, that's... And, and being a musician, like, I mean, being a writer... Worst. Being a writer sucks because I've been doing research on self-publishing and publishing because I, I want to eventually be published. Right. And being... If you self-publish, and this is self-publishing, and think even my traditional publishing you get less royalties and less everything if you self-publish the amount of copies you will sell is probably between 100 and 2000 ever like not a lot at all and think even my they only sell most self-published books are sold at like four dollars okay dang so that's like no money it's writing is no money but being a musician not only is no money but (laughs) it's competition you're in constant competition with everyone for everything and and it's yeah it's like it's like you have to constantly rank yourself and you know i'm not as good as the best feelist obviously my age but you know i'm not as bad as the worst one right and so my goal okay is to keep getting better so that i have a chance at anything right because that's really what it is um i talk to my i take lessons with my teacher every week i talk to my teacher every week and every week she says as much as you can, just work as much as you can, because it's like putting money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Me practicing is just me. It's literally gonna make me money. Like, yeah. it's not yet, but it's gonna. And the fact that school's keeping me from that is like that's the freaking yeah. worst. And, like, and also as a writer, your first book is gonna be trash. Always, <laughs> it doesn't like. For example, the writing lady that that. Uh, one of the YouTube channels that I've been watching on writing, it's like, she's talking about how she wrote her, it took her three books before she was ready to get published, even slightly. And that's traditional publishing, and she was writing Jane Eyre in space. It wasn't like she was creating her own story. It wasn't like she was, there's so many things that I don't know, and I will never know what I don't know until I am neck deep in this, in, in piles of words and thoughts and and I only recently got a taste of that with NaNoWriMo, and now I just want to do it more, more yeah. and more and more. But I can't, because if I do that, then not only are my parents going to be pissed at me, because I am no longer taking my grades seriously, and I'm thus not taking my job seriously, but also I'm going to be seen as lesser by my peers, peers. by my peers, by my teachers, by, teachers, uh, by mentors, anybody. Everything, yeah. Because for because some reason, my grades are my value. And, and not only that, I have to be able to show something for that. But how am I supposed to show that I have gained motivation and drive in writing when I... when? How am I supposed to show that? I just know that I have. Right. And it's something that I've aimed to get to. But, I mean, it's not like I'm comfortable showing the crap that I wrote for yeah. <laughs> anyone. So, like, how am I supposed to prove that? Like, Dorner? Dorner is, I think, in part the reason why she, she's got a little bit of a thing against me recently because i i mean how she doesn't have any proof that i did any writing but i'm not going to show her that because it's yours it's mine 
I, I owe you nothing. Just because I told you that I'm doing my writing and I value your opinion on some, on some level doesn't mean that you have a right to my writing right now. Maybe in a year when I have a something that is editable and I can ha- and you can be a beta reader if you want. But you know how freaking long that takes? No, you don't. Because, because you've never, you've never written, written a book. Tea. Okay? And, like, I need you to stop. Hey. Because I am 16 trying to juggle a task that it takes 30-year-olds to figure out how yep. to do. And, like, and there's no reward for it. It is just me. No one is going to ever... Writing is a task that it, it goes without reward, without thank, for most of your life. Yeah. And it's something that I'm going to have to do with a second job because there's no way it's, it's ever going to pay for itself. Ever. Most likely. And even if it will, by that time I will be old. Right. And probably have more more money responsibilities, which means I'll still probably have to have a second job. Right. And so the fact that I will never be fully rewarded for my passion, and then you're coming up to me like, like in some way, in some subtle way, expecting me to rely on you for something. Stop. You have no idea what you're doing. You, just because you read stuff, reading and writing are not even close to the same thing. Not even close. The way you think about words when you're reading, it's nothing. What you do just... you mean if I said those who can't do teach? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that, just was, oh. that might actually oh. be, that actually might that be might super be disrespectful. disrespectful. I, I, so, like, I don't actually mean it, but it's oh. out there for you to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what teaching has been turned into in the United States. Because all the best ones don't get paid anything. You're either a retired like professional who needs something to do while their kids are in school, or you are uh, you have nothing better to do. Like like just uh, L- and, like L- I don't noted. mean like I never mean to like hate on think like that. I never mean to like make myself seem more than anyone else. But. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're both elitists. We well, should have I, mentioned this at the beginning. It's unfortunate, but um, it, somebody's uh, gonna knock us down eventually. That's yeah, all you need to know. Yeah, we're 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 already getting knocked down. Okay, yeah. I got like two eighties here. I am miserable, like twenty four seven now. It's fine. My teacher tells me every week that you know I kind of suck. Wait, which so, one? Which one? My no, not Miss Gilman. My oh, like oh, actually good one. Dr. Okay, Silverman, I like okay. love and respect. Like of course. She keeps yeah. me in check. So, exactly. like, we're here preaching about whatever. Yeah. We have people that keep us in check. Yes. Don't worry. Don't like. worry. My parents my parents are uh, on my, my, my butt, like, 24-7. Like, it's not even funny. And that's not even to talk about our own insecurities. Oh, boy. Tea. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, I think Miss Goldman, you know Miss Donor is like your Miss Goldman, right? Basically, yes. Very much so. Yeah. Except for you're kind of still in the stage where you still like her. I'm in the stages where I need to like her because I might want to use her as a beta reader. Mm. Tea? I really value the fact that she has read stuff and she can actually analyze what I write rather than just read it like a like Like she knows what she's doing to an extent. Yeah, no, she's she's qualified to do her job. And she can probably be very good at like analyzing the words and things like that. And like... For example, she might understand a lot of the subtext that I'm trying to put into my book in a way that someone, like, for example, one of my friends would Mm -hmm. not fully get because, I don't know. They're just not. They're not looking for it. They're not looking for it. And so I am trying to put a lot of subtext into my book. And so it would be nice uh, to to have someone available to me who can understand subtext. But I'm not going to do that at the cost of... Oh, I don't know, but, like, you... I know what you mean. And like, I need Kelly Goldman to write me college recommendation letters and talk about how cool I am. Yeah, exactly. And I also, and also, I am 
bad about like recognizing she does bring me opportunities to do things like there are a lot of like youth orchestra competition audition type things that I would not get to do if Ms. Gollum were not my teacher and for that I'm thankful mm -hmm. our personalities don't match up at all and I don't always love the things that she does outside of that mm -hmm. but I would be a fool to say that she hasn't yes. done anything to me because like I probably would not be anywhere without her. And Dora so has got me thinking about word choice and about making sure that I include interesting similes and metaphors. But the thing is, because of the internet, I can teach with writing. <laughs> with writing, I have taught myself everything that I need to, that I've needed to know so far using the internet. If I have a question about plot structure, I Google it, and that's why I know about plot structure. If I have a question about I don't know, like how to create an interesting character. I can Google it and figure out based on multiple blog posts on how to do it. Or if I want to know how to publish, I can find hundreds of videos on the internet from both traditionally published publishers, or not publishers, authors, and, and self-published authors. And I can hear the pros and the cons of both sides. And I don't, I don't need a teacher for a lot of that. And which is kind which of, is part of which is part of why I'm frustrated because everything that I could ever want to learn at this point, I could find. Yeah. And because of that, I am sort of done with being treated like a child yep. by a bunch of by, by people who are no better, no more qualified, like to find information than me. And like the reason why I value education when you're younger, besides the fact that it does introduce it, it introduces you to what you could Google. Yeah. Basically, yeah. right? Like if you don't know that certain historical events happened, you can't Google them. But once you know that something happened. You can you know how to find the resources. Leave me alone. And if and it, I've been taught it more than one time. Oh my god! I've learned U.S. history what three times at least, at least so many times. I don't even know how many times. And like the thing is, they even teach it to you inaccurately yes, in elementary school. So like, I don't understand why why we would do that. Just like and like I was gonna say something I forgot. I don't know. Um, Miss Gomez. Hi. I have a theory, okay? And all of this might be completely untrue. <laughs> uh, no. Well, but I think there is some okay, validity to it. Um, Miss Gallman, in my experience, and maybe other teachers and other people's experience, they, you know, care about their careers. As any person would, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I've come to realize is that everything I do well in orchestra makes her look good, too. So does she really want me to do it because it's good for me and if she wanted because it's good for her because it makes her look like a good teacher mm -hmm. um and you know my example of this would be um i'm my audition video for ghp right yeah governor's on right as i have to do the whole music thing audition video it's like a super that. long process it's, it's so, so intense but all that cool um and we're going through the thing and you know I'm preparing my pieces practicing every day I'm like going through it to get ready because like this is something that I want to do for like funsies or whatever, <laughs> for funsies or whatever. Um, and so throughout the entire process Miss Gallman would not stop with the whole like she, basically she made it seem like it was a tour for her like it was something that she was going through that's something that she had to do a lot of work to prepare for something that, you know, was requiring a lot of effort and energy for her. And I won't, it did require effort and energy for her. But sh she was responsible for making sure I had 
uh, space, time, and equipment to video my audition. Mm -hmm. That's I'm not saying that, like, yeah, no, I am saying it's not that hard. Like, mm -hmm. a camera, an hour to record, and, you know, the auditorium. Easy, okay? I have to write the essays. I have to practice for hours on end. I have to, like, I'm doing all the real work because it's something that I'm trying to get done for me, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. So I don't understand why she gets to complain about how hard it is for her and how I need to, you know, it's not right. And, yeah. you know, her whole thing was that, like, I need to, um, I, I wanted more time to record. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was not, ha I had one good take, one good-ish take, and I wasn't happy with it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, alright, can I have tomorrow or in class time today? And she basically went on the whole spiel, why should I give you more time when you should just do one take and be done? And all this, like, you're wasting my time type stuff. You're making it more difficult for me type stuff. But if she really wanted me to do well, and she really wanted me to do GHP because it's a good experience for me, mm -hmm. she wouldn't have had any of that to say. Yeah. She wants me to get in, because if I get in, she gets to say, oh, I had a kid go to GHP. Yeah. And, and my thing is, I wouldn't care about who my teachers were, or what they were doing, if it wasn't the fact that my future directly depends on them liking it. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I know that that doesn't sound like... But the, basically the thing is, once you're a good kid in the eyes of, of teachers, you're mostly okay. Once you're a bad kid in the eyes of teachers, you're mostly screwed. And it has absolutely, like, I mean, it has something to do with skill, because obviously you can be hated by a teacher but still get good grades yeah. on, their, on their assignments, but... A teacher's I, I less think, willing to help you out. Yeah, if they don't like, like you. stuff gets made a lot easier if you have, or you, if you are viewed as a good kid. And... The problem with that is that means I have to suck up to people Dude, that I don't, don't respect care about or, or value or whatever. And, like, especially when I'm in the room with, like, for example, like, last year, I had the <laughs> most I remember that. insufferable, the worst English teacher that I've ever had in my entire life. And I love English. Obviously. Like, I mean, I mean, not only do I, do I love, like, writing, but I love the structural bit of English, like how you can weave words together to make things sound part nice. part of AP Ling that I don't get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that part. Yeah, that part I love. I love trying, I'm trying to learn how to write poetry, but I suck at it so wow. bad. It's so hard. I have no idea what even poetry is when you I think, think about it. Okay, they teach us poetry, they don't teach I don't know, nobody knows what poetry no, is. No, it's just, it's just a mess. It's, it's just, just words. And like, I've only, only when I was writing my speech did I even realize how much fun it was to play with the words. And I right. think that that's really what poetry is, is you play with the words to make more meaning out of it. But, like, I was... Okay, I watched this video. I, I'll, I promise I'll get back to complaining in a second. But I was watching this video about Emily Dickinson and her poetry. Holy crap! It's like she a whole thing. so much meaning into so little words. My God, she's a goddess. I had no idea that poetry could sound that cool. And then I heard <laughs> someone say her poetry, and I was like, yeah. I, I just made a face. I'm sorry. I forgot that this is not in person. But, like, I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. How do I learn how to do anything close to this? Right. This is something that I want to learn how to do, but I can't because school. It's anyway, okay. so I was in Snowden's. I mean, uh, sorry, my last year English teacher. No, and go ahead and name drop. Like, who I cares? Mean, uh, God damn it. I just don't want to be screwed over. 
<laughs> I, I really, I really need like recommendations and things for from her. Kelly. You're not gonna no, ask me a recommendation for her, from her, but like at the same time, I don't. I'm know. over here name dropping Kelly Gallman, and she sure is about to be the yeah. one to find my recommendation. <laughs> oh boy, I just listen. I was in that class. I sat in the back. I, I, I did like my work or whatever, but. I mean, for example, she has found, like, three essays, four essays in, like, the first, like, four weeks. I tried on all of them, and she didn't grade them, like, ever. And then you never do work again in that class. And then we just do busy work. Yeah. Or, like, when we're doing Macbeth. My God, do I love Macbeth. I thought I would hate it. And then I watched young Ian McKellen, like, oh. <laughs> acting it out on YouTube, and it was the coolest thing. And Macbeth is such an interesting, well-written play, and... The way that she covered it, it was so yeah. You hated it. Empty. You hated it. Yeah, because Macbeth is full of nuance and it's full of like you know. I probably would have like the subject matter. I don't like care about words or whatever. But the subject matter of the Scarlet Letter, interesting. It's so interesting. I probably like would have read it. I love the way that he writes it too. But I don't I, care because we're in school and it's you're not there. And because I'm not, I'm not supposed to actually learn it there. Yeah, and more importantly because. Unlike when you're reading it by yourself or something, unlike when you're reading it by yourself or something, there is a right answer. Yeah. And I hate that because literature, because writing, Anything. it's intended to have Most subtext and extra meaning. You're and when to I am told, yeah, and when I'm told that when I when I'm when I'm around a teacher where there is one right answer and one one wrong one, I am terrified to analyze the text the text for myself. Because it hurts to say the wrong, say something yeah. that I don't believe when it's like that, and it, it comes through when I write. And it's, like, for example, when we were ta- when I was talking about Thoreau, there were parts of the um, of the essay that we were writing for Lang that I was like, "This is coming out. This is like it comes right onto the page." Mm-hmm. And then there are parts of it where I ha- where I don't believe what I'm saying and I don't know. Because you're just saying what they want you to say. Yeah, and like when I was writing, I, I have a speech. I prom- I'm going to read it on the podcast thing and just have it up because I really, really like it. I spent like a week writing it. It was, it was, it was like a, it's a good speech. It was a high key good speech. I really speech. liked it. And um, but I have to, I have to adapt it for my blog too. I'm going to post everything to my blog. It's just adapting the speech to my blog is going to take time. I promise I'll get stuff done. But anyway, um, point is, I wrote the speech and it just came out. When you're when you want when you know what you're writing and you know why you're writing it, it you don't have to think. Mm-hmm. It just comes onto the page without even thinking. And I can write that again and again and again, and it'll come out better every time. And that's when I know that I'm writing something that I believe. But when I'm told that I have to write meaningless things about about the things that I would care about if I was reading them on my own, but that I don't care about because I'm being told the answer, I. I just, I can't write like that. It's not, it's not meant, they don't want you to actually care about no. it. No. They don't want you to think about it. They want you to And they to don't want you to create anything an new. Like, Which is, want... it's kind of the joke of AP. They think, okay, you, I want you to synthesize your own thing, but like. No, you're not really. You're, you're, you're putting There's your still an answer there. Yeah. Like, they make it harder to come up with and maybe a little bit more subjective, but there's still an answer there that they're yeah. looking for. And, and more importantly, like. That's my issue with English education, and I'm, I I used to think it was bad teachers. But Dorner is not a bad teacher. The problem with English education is that it doesn't teach you to create. It teaches you how to, like, stare at something for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that English education should be about teaching you how to create. 
And so why are we spending all this time reading these texts and then not doing anything with it besides analyzing it in a paper? I, and I'm going to try maybe write a blog post about that. <laughs> it's on my list. I have a huge list. I promise eventually it'll all get written. Um, or the list will go or grow longer and nothing will ever happen. We'll see. But point is, um, English education is could be made so much better if we would read the text, for example, we'd read samples of the text, understand why the text is like valuable and why people value it. And then we had to write our own thing using one or two qualities of that text. And obviously when I do research for the blog post, I'm going to look at different ways of edu educating around the world and seeing how that would actually stack up mm -hmm. and arguing about it. But that's the idea. And the reason why I like it so much more than normal English education, what are you doing, car? But, um, <laughs> the normal English education is because at that point you have to think. Mm -hmm. You can't, you cannot write something of your own and not think. Of course. You just can't. Like, and the thing about that, though, is it's it's not standardizable, which is why it would it. never, ever happen. Because, God forbid, education and learning be subjective. Right. Be, be individual. They have these individual learning plans. No, no, like, no. Um, it's like it's it's art for art's sake, um, which is something that we talked about in ours. I don't know what y'all did in Spanish, but we talked about that in Spanish, um, in our class period about how um, it doesn't need to be this whole thing. The, the the thing that you're talking about, the thing the education system makes it about. It's not something you're supposed to test people on. It just is. Yeah. Like, and, and art wasn't made. And it can, you can have meaning from it, even if that meaning it's is not, not intended by the author. Yeah. And like, okay, so I'm going to use linguistic terms because I use linguistic terms, these two linguistic terms to describe basically everything. Prescriptivism and uh, descriptivism. But, but wait, that's not right. I have different things. Shoot. No, that's for, that's for social prescriptivism. Shoot, I, I write, I'm writing a thing about that, too. Redacted. Take Redacted. That okay, what was it called? Oh, God. There's authorial intent and... Um, I'm just going to describe what they are. I cannot remember what they're called right now. So, basically, there's two methods of understanding literature. There's the one idea that the author's intent is what matters. And then there's this other idea that it's up to the fans and people who read it to determine what it means. Once it leaves the author's hands under this model... Um, it's no longer theirs. It belongs to those who read it. And English education only ascribes really to the Personally. authorial intent model. And I understand that that's more standardizable, but that doesn't make it, it, right. it makes it lose meaning. Yeah. Because in my opinion, literature is an art. And just as when someone looks at a painting, yeah. or it's the sky with clouds in it for that matter, they're not going to see the same thing. And if you start quizzing me on what like what cloud shapes are rather than letting me figure out what the shapes of the clouds are to me, then I'm going to stop caring yeah. because I'm not actually comprehending yeah. literature for myself. And this is something that we talked about. Um, in Sp you should, you need to be in our Spanish class. Oh my class. God. I should <laughs> Spanish. Spanish class so bad. You need to be in our Spanish class. But, um, we can talk about that later. That might, oh, anyway. Okay. okay. Oh, no. Okay. But, um, we were talking, you know, about art for art's sake. Cause, uh, that's something that we, believes in or whatever and i agree with you know it's I, art I for art's sake rita's an um, amazing teacher she's a goddess um she's scary and frustrating but <laughs> like don't get she is not without flaws no not even close but i like her but yeah. um um it's it's applicable to anything like you take i think i'm i'm not sure i don't remember i'm pretty let's go with 75 i'm 75 percent sure but um 
Childish Gambino's This is American Music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, full of lots of symbolism on racism and, you know, slavery. Yes. And uh, it was... But Childish Gambino never really talked about what it meant. It meant. And he's not ever going to. That's because he's... In his mind, he's like, I made this thing. I know what it means. But it's kind of up to you to, you know, figure it out on your mm-hmm. own. And, like, there's a 21 Pilot song called Kitchen Sink where... I love that it's song, a good song so much. And Tyler Joseph, the, the, the dude from 21 Pilots, he's never going to explain to you what a kitchen sink means to him. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really matter because you're supposed to figure out, well, how does what he's talking about mean to me? Mm-hmm. You know? And there was a song um, called Close to You by Andrews. I did a whole podcast episode about it. And one of the things I like about that song is that you can infer as much or as little as you want from it. And there are lots of little details in it that can be interpreted and that can mean so much to you if it's something that matters to you. But at the same time, the song could be completely droning and meaningless to someone (laughs) else because it is very droning because that's the point. But, like, the point is that I think that art is super subjective, as Reet said. And so the fact that that we have to... um, do it one way and not any other way for me is a major issue with English education and, and any type of and I imagine that if I if I liked math or if I liked physics or if I liked anything else would I would it would be the same way it's just that I am generally a historian and a writer mm-hmm. and who also values uh, free thought and, and uh, atheism and, <laughs> and, and and evolution but but I am mainly an artist and a, and a writing artist not I mean I'm a physical artist but whatever point is I stay in the humanities Okay, yeah. that's generally where I live. I live in the humanities and I dabble in the sciences. And so because of that, I notice the flaws there the most. And like history, history is so nuanced. And at least they do deal with that a little bit in AP, which is one of the reasons I like that. But even then, like, for example, when we're talking about, um, like when I did, I did some simulations back in uh, when I was at Vampy for when I was like ninth grade, eighth grade, something like that. And we basically became the founding fathers. And we had to make decisions like them. And we had to do all these things. Or like, when, we, when I was rewriting the Constitution as one of my classes, I learned so much more. Yeah, because about... we had to actually understand what we were doing to do, the, do yes. the task than I ever did in any history class when we had to write about it. Like, when it's hands-on and you are the ones in charge and you're given enough respect to be expected to understand a complex document and to, under- and to figure out stuff you learn so much more than mm-hmm. you ever would have learned outside of it. Yeah. And even still, I am would consider myself surface-level constitution understanding. But, <laughs> like, I have so much more respect for that document right. once I have had to dissect it and re- try and fail to understand mm-hmm. why things were written the way they were and what we have changed since then. And and I would never have learned that if someone right. had made me do a quiz on it or if someone had whatever. And the thing that's interesting, though... Um, you have to have a certain amount of aptitude to get into GHP. Which is a certain yeah. amount. It's, 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 it's so intense. But, I went but, to GHP for social studies. Uh, but that isn't that kind of screwed up? Should, like, I know that kind of education is not going to fit everybody. No. But it sh- that option should not be for the top 50 children in one state. Especially like, that's because, screwed up. Especially because so many really talented people don't get in because they get to the last stage and then they get cut up. And stuff like that. And they miss the wonderful opportunity that has literally changed my life. Like, I was, I'm gonna, I have a lot of quotes from people from 
but that I want to do two that I'm going to use in the third episode when I finally make it. And that I did the YouTube episode, mm -hmm. I think. And, um, and it really teaches, when you're surrounded by all those people that have literally the more motivation than I have ever had in my entire <laughs> freaking life, they all, like, are in, they're presidents of, like, three different clubs, yeah. and they have read more books than I even thought were, were even, like, imaginable. Yeah. And they are all so talented and wonderful and capable. And when you're surrounded by those people and you are given access to this wonderful educational opportunity, you are forced to think. Yeah. To really think for the first time in education in a way that I was never forced to think. And I was told for ages and ages and ages that I was, I mean, not told, told, but like, it was implied, implied, it was implied that I was the best in history and I was really good at this and that and this and that. But when you go to GHP, you're, you're not, and you are forced to listen and it's wonderful. And it's wonderful to be surrounded by people who actually know what they're talking about yeah. and who care so much. Yep about maybe the constitution i know someone who loved the constitution <laughs> so like, weird like she had a little uh, amendment like book of all the amendments in the constitution in her pocket that she so brought on with her everywhere dirty. i know it was so amazing you you go to and, she's like me being an xyo oh those man. musicians are just like like those musicians in xyo are just like that like they've been like like not even that they've been playing forever but they've been taking lessons and they've been exposed to so much more like musical literature than i've been exposed to and like part of it like part of me is like super jealous and yes. self-critical about so self-critical especially because in music it's really about your parents and how much money you have and that like i'm not that's just how it is so if your parent was the kind of parent who wanted you to play an instrument from a young age um you've been taking lessons, motivated, you know, helicopter parent, mm -hmm. successful musician. Like, right. Like, obviously, there's some kind of, like, In innate mean, ability yeah. that you need to have to be good or whatever, but, like, that's thing one, right? Mm -hmm. um, thing two is money. Because <laughs> lessons cost money. Right. Not even that, though. Um, lessons, private lessons cost money. Um, orchestra camps cost thousands and thousands of dollars instruments cost money youth orchestra tuition costs almost a thousand dollars so like it makes me it's a love-hate relationship with that, that i have with people who are in asyo because i hate them strong word but i don't like that you know i would, don't have that I, yeah I, I like there was never a chance of me having that like yeah and that's just how the world works and it sucks, and I wish we could fix it, yeah. but that's just how it works. It's actually the same thing in some ways for the history of GHP. Like, and I, and this is, this is not fully history, but just generally, like, people besides me have had opportunities to learn other languages because of their parents. Yeah. And I want to be bilingual so bad it hurts, man. Yeah. I want to be trilingual, thrilingual. I don't, that's not even a word. <laughs> I want to be so many languages, and I want to have traveled to all these places, and I want to have gone to some fancy private school where, like, right, where, I, right. where I could have had access to real, like, interesting educational opportunities and been surrounded by people who care. Right. And, but at the same time, I love where I am because I am, our, our school is a wonderful place. And I, I say that as someone who has seen how, I've talked to people from other parts of the state mm -hmm. where it's not 
like that. And I didn't realize that until I lived in the bubble. We live in our little rainbow colored bubble. Um, in, in so many ways. And I, I just, for, for me, it's like, I wish that I could have both where, yeah. where I have a lot of the opportunities that, that nice private schools are afforded. Like, like we don't have a, um, we have, we just got a mock trial two years ago. We, we don't, don't have Model UN. Council. We don't have a, a debate team. We don't have, like, a bunch of clubs that I wish we had. Mm-hmm. And the clubs that we do have, very few of them are, like, high good. Like, we have some good clubs. Like, like academic team I really like because we have a good team. Yeah, you guys are winning this year. Yeah, yeah full-on winning. Like, last year we were in, like, second place, but this year we were full-on winning. Good job. And plus, I'm pretty sure that I'm one of the... I'm like on the varsity level varsity. And so it's like I'm always playing and it's great. But um it's just like it's really easy to hate not having but like the only thing I think that keeps me like from screaming about how like the the playing field's not level for for especially for me for so many freaking reasons. Oh god, yeah. But um the, the thing that keeps me from, you know, crying about that all the time is that I but genuinely generally speaking have had to work harder than some of those kids. Which means that you have more Technically I've accomplished no. <laughs> no, they've accomplished a lot too. But it, it, it makes me work harder. And it like makes me think when both of like when me and someone who's been catered to get to the same point when we reach a same difficult spot, it makes me think I'll keep going. I think hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> and whether or not they will, I don't know. But yeah. I, in my opinion, it's a lot less likely for them just because. Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm not like, and I don't mean to generalize and hate yeah. on people, but like, there is a type of person that like that, and it's not all people, and it's not. Maybe it's, it's probably not even most people. Yeah. But there are people who are like that, and yes. it would be stupid of us to not even. No, definitely, and like, for me with writing, like I, I'm so glad that I didn't handle writing. Because I was watching, so this this writer lady that I watched, she's like probably in her thirties. It's hard to tell because she's an adult, and adults yeah, all look the same. They really do. And like, but basically, she's talking about how she's in her thirties and she's only written four books. And like, only four. You don't understand, dude. Like, <laughs> like some of these some of these self published writers have ten books out in eight years, or twelve books huh. out in eight years, and they're all probably garbage. But, but at the same time. It's the experience. It's productivity yeah. level, right? And like, I think that, and they they know what they're they know what they're doing. They're selling a certain young adult thing. They're selling a certain like vibe. They're not they're they're small business owners more than they are okay. That makes sense. Artists in that sense, but um, which I really respect. I can never do that. But um, basically, like the fact that she she never really she was like me, but she was like that for ten years. Yeah. Where where I had the serial problem where. I would be working on the same chapter, the same chapter for months, and I would just stare at it, and it would go nowhere because I had no idea what the problem was, which was that the characters had no motivation to be there. But I, I didn't understand character motivations, and I didn't understand plot structure, and I didn't understand that sometimes you just got to keep writing and move on, even if it's complete garbage. Mm-hmm. And so instead, you end up with 27 pages, nine different iterations of the same chapter on one thing without any progress. and. NaNoWriMo fixes that for people because you're forced to do that and she only did that when she was like 30. Yeah, I think about that too how um, 
you know, I started late, but I could have started later. Oh, like, God, so much I later. didn't start taking lessons until I was in high school, but I... And every year that you that you missed out on, like, I'm so, I'm so sad that I missed out on writing yep. when I was 15, writing when I was 14, because it would have been garbage, but would've I would have had so much more experience, and I am terrified, even now, that the schools that I want to go into, the really, really high-level, intense schools, won't want me. Because I haven't had enough time to cultivate who I want to be. Because I only realized what I wanted to be like a year ago. Yeah. And I'm terrified. Not even a year ago. Six months ago. Year of self-improvement, my, my dude. And, and um, that's something that even my viola teacher has told me. I need more time. I don't have more time. And the only thing I can do is work harder. So that's what I'm doing. And that's, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I'm not going to be stupid about it or whatever. But... I guess my our point is, if I didn't have to be in school, I would I definitely not be because I could be writing. You could be musicking. <laughs> musicking, yeah, <laughs> that's a verb now. Oh god, and it's like I'm just I'm tired of feeling like I don't know what's going on with what I want to be doing, and then I'm miserable where I am. But the just problem is that, like in real life, I could quit my job. In real life, I could be doing something. But because yeah. I am a minor, and because I'm not granted full human shit yes because i am a child and i am not considered capable of making rational decisions even though i'm considered capable of being having of getting consequences for those supposedly not okay, rational you can decisions. drive a car yeah you can drive or a car. If, if they're using your grades to help you get somewhere that will affect you for the rest of your life you should be allowed some some kind of responsibility other than micromanaging that grade what kind of identity is that? It's not. It's not. not. And, and, and you, you push all these people into a sense of complacency because they think, I have an A. Yep. I don't have to improve. I'm all good. Yeah. And I, that's a lot of what I think about is like, what about people who are like us but haven't found their thing yet? Yeah. Like, the, the, the thing, writing, has changed my life. Music has I've yes. changed your life. And the fact that other people don't have that. Yeah, like, other people are, like, there are other people who are still believing that, okay, my grade is going to take me some, my, just my grade is going to take me some more, my grade is my identity. And there are people who are somewhere closer to us where they're like, I know this isn't everything, but I don't know what else there is because I haven't found my thing yet. <laughs> you're either one of those two if you're not one of us. And, like, I just it don't... sucks for you, like, one is, like, I'm ignorant, and, you know, I'm not going to be... Ignorance, in the... ignorance in a way where, like, I don't know what's coming for me. Not, like, in a, you're stupid. Just, you just haven't realized it yet. So it's, like, it's... <laughs> Part of me wishes I just... I don't know. It's, like, all the situations are bad, because our school system doesn't actually try to make well-rounded, interesting people. Yeah. It just wants to make machines. And I think how we want you to think or don't think at all. Either way. It's just exhausting. I just... Yeah, bro. I cannot wait till till exams are over, because then I'm going to go back to writing 2,000 words a day, and that's going to be so good, and I have some ideas. I'm going to binge watch Midsummer Murders first, though, because uh, mine's a murder mystery that I'm writing, uh -huh. but it's also fantasy and also gay, and so it's like... Hey, you could count, you know, watching TV is just no. gathering inspiration. No. Dude, that's where I've learned almost everything I know about plot. Yeah. Because... The thing is, everyone hates me when we watch movies. 
and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Because I can basically spoil the plot for most for most movies once once the setup happens and once we get to like the first plot point. I would say. Which How is often are you right? <laughs> because okay, listen. The thing about writing that people don't get is it's a formula, right? And. It's it's not about the formula about about how interesting your story is in in terms of how much it breaks the formula that matters. It's about how you use the formula to your advantage. Because the thing is, the reason why the formula exists, the formula that I described in my first episode of the podcast, which is, um, is the reason why this formula exists is because it it preys on human nature. It it takes you on a ride that works really well in the human psyche. And so honestly, if you play around with that too much, it's not satisfying. It's super not satisfying. And there are times when really good writers can play around with that. But where I am right now, that's not. Right. But like, the point is that the structure exists for a reason and where the fun comes, where the interesting things come, are with the characters and with the setting and with what the, what the conflict is. Because it doesn't matter. The peaks and valleys should already really be determined. Because... That's what comes, but that's what the structure tells you is the peaks and valleys, and it's about what stickers you put on the peaks and valleys that really yeah, that makes sense. determines how good your story is. And so, I mean, once I and, and all the pieces of a well-made story should be given within the first third ish okay. of the book, and after that, all those pieces they're just like little Moving. yeah they just get moved around, and the, when they get introduced. Oftentimes, you don't even know that they've been introduced. Like, for example, J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. The reason why I really want to keep reading or want to read more of her books is because she is notorious for her ability to... She, all of her books are mysteries. Harry Potter books are not fantasy books. They're mysteries. Okay. And you wouldn't realize that until you think about the fact that every, every one of them is, let's look for this thing. What is what's happening? Let's figure out what's going on. And by the end, you figure out what's going on. Okay. So they're all mysteries. And one of the things she does is she'll hide facts. Like, in, like important facts in lists or show very important details in, in description and stuff like that and that's one of the things about writing right. really want to learn how to do that but the point is that all of those pieces are already given to you in a good book they just show you how to that's cool yeah and so what really matters is how you use them and when they're introduced and when they come back up and how well they're used like for example uh, with Hamilton you know how I don't know if you, I, I, had, I saw it like, like, early June. And one of the things that was cool that I had no idea was there. You know Mariah Reynolds? So after the scene, before the Reynolds pamphlet song, yeah, she's always in the background. Is she really? Every That's scene. creepy. And she has a red dress on, so you see her. And so as everything else is happening, all the other scenes, she looms there. That's and it's stuff wild. like that. You can do that with words, too. You can right. do that with anything, and that's what good writing is. Right. It's... It's reminding the audience of what is there so that they can put the pieces together. Because the audience, you don't want to really trick the audience. You want the audience to come up with the idea just as the character does. Right. That's what a good book is. You don't want to have a, gotcha, I, I, I did a thing and now you don't know yeah. what's going on. Oh, you don't want that. That's dumb. What you want is your audience to be right there with the character mm-hmm. as things are happening. You want them to put together the pieces just as the character is. Because it makes them empathize with the character, right. feel the character, and because of that, that's what takes work. Right, it's figuring out how do I get the get the yeah, audience to become know. the character, you know. And so, 
And that's the kind of thing that takes time. Right. And effort and multiple books. And and, and Dr. Seelman, my viola teacher, she says, um, and I think this is applicable to anything, but she says it specifically to musicians. She's like, musicians are like, a professional mission, musician is on the same level on an, as an Olympic athlete. Um, and I think that's kind of an analogy that makes a lot of people get it. Because when you think about an Olympic athlete, they spend... You know, their how many hours a day life. training, their entire lives training, eating right, keeping up, you know, and it's not just one kind of training. It's, you know, you work out, then you, if you're a swimmer, then you swim, then you, you know, it's, 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 and it's mental training too, yes. because you have to have the right head space. strategy. It's all of that. So being a musician is just like that. But like, I have to learn how to use my arms correctly and the tiniest, most exact way to get the tiniest exact sound that I want. You have to learn how to use the smallest freaking contraction to get your point across. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just not as visible as an Olympic athlete that wins gold. Or like for a writer, if you're doing a good job, people don't even know. <laughs> that's why writing is such a thankless job. That's why musicians are such yeah. a thankless job. People because just accept it. Like, oh yeah, you're supposed to be that good. But like, it's, it's supposed it, to be like that. It requires so much practice and effort and thought. And I am terrified that I that I will never even become close. And maybe you won't. I like will. I'm going to drag myself exactly. there. Exactly. And that's the goal, right? Yeah. But I think the point that we are both trying to make by this is that the school system is actively preventing us from yeah. doing that. And that is that is our real problem with it. It has nothing to do with the, the content. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Or honestly, I don't really find the place to be that that oppressive. I mean, whatever, yeah, like it's like, just whatever. The problem is that it actively prevents people from becoming better at what they really know that they want to do because it, they, they, the school system has arbitrarily decided that our opinions don't matter because yeah. we're minors. I'm not 18, so I guess I can't think for myself, right? Oh, God. It's just exhausting. And that's that on that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we've talked for like an hour. Cool. Are you going to put that whole thing on? Yeah. I, I feel like this is an interesting valid it conversation. Was. How long is your longest podcast? Though? This will be the longest one. I think the Bet. longest one before that was like was like 30 minutes. I win, though. Yeah, I, yeah, win. I, I agree. We, I win. I, I knew this would happen. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you, you probably don't know this, but... Uh, we, we don't like, ever stop talking. Never, 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 never. How long? We've had conversations for like four hours yeah. before, right? We were, that one time we FaceTime like all night. Oh, God. No, and we like, did that twice, I think. We've done that twice. twice. We've done that twice. Because, like. like, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll stay up. Like, that was before you did your whole, like, you had, like, a bedtime. Like, not, like, a bedtime. Uh, well, but... I mean, my parents thought that they gave me a bedtime. They weren't giving me a bedtime. But I, I did try to give myself a bedtime at, like, 12. Yeah. Now, at this point, it's I like, just... oh, whatever, who cares? I'll, I'll go to bed when I need to. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, God. Point is, though, we can talk for uh, a long time about anything. Basically. Well, anything that matters. Yeah, we have to care. We could talk about that's really what is it about. It's about though. Oh, like, yeah. here's what I care about, here's what I want. Everything else is irrelevant to me. I don't want it. Yeah, oh my god. So, um, oh yeah, this has been this episode. Tomorrow, I will um, actually record the GHP episode and I'll put it up. I'm sorry it's taking me this long between Dano and exams and life and exhaustion and everything else. Nothing is, is working the way I want it to right now, and it's I'm sorry. Once break starts, once, once, uh, tomorrow I don't have any real exams, so tomorrow I'll record it. Uh, so yeah, that's been, I talked to my cat about what's up on my mind, except for this is the second episode without the cat. So, um, we are 
Bye. Bye. <laughs>